I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Say podcast. We are here to look back further at Sunderland's defeat on Saturday. Isn't everybody just chuffed about that? That's exactly why you're here. That's the content everybody wants. So we're not going to take up too much of your time. We're just going to talk about that and some other things um, relating to wider issues about Sunderland. Joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, as always, is Gareth Barger. Good evening. evening. Yes, it is the evening. How are Isn't we? Um, I'm, I'm not too bad, you? Yeah. Yeah. Luckily busy enough to to not have to think about this too much. Yeah. It's, it's positive positive being busy. Uh nobody else joined us, just us, like the very olden days. Um Major our lack of organization. So. Well, as always, but that's kind of our vibe, isn't it? And people wouldn't have it any other way. Uh also, I mean, to be fair, you say that, but when we still put out, everybody was pretty quick to say no. And then uh, we already, obviously, there was a reaction pod as well, wasn't there? Yeah. So um, we, we we don't want to hear the same opinions. Go back and listen to that to get some reactions uh, on Sunderland's defeat of Swansea. Shall we uh, have a quick chat about that and other stuff? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, how long into the game did you realise that the setup? was not working um probably about six minutes yeah i was gonna say about five minutes maybe yeah <laughs> yeah so that was interesting wasn't it so the the, the three on paper that made sense i thought what he'd done um although yeah i think it, not... we i think it was one of those where because obviously we'd had under mike dodds where we went to, um, oh, sorry, we went Leeds, came to the stadium, and we set up slightly differently. And tactically, it was probably the best game this season. It was, it was probably the highest quality game of football this season, I would say, that we've been in. And obviously, we came out on top in that. So I was kind of like, when I saw the team and suggestion that we we're going to sort of change the way we were going to play or change our setup to accommodate the players that we had available, I, I was sort of quite hopeful. I sort of thought, yeah, I can, I've got like confidence in, in that. And I think, but it, we were just, whether it was individuals not doing the jobs within that shape or whether it was just the players weren't comfortable, it was just a mess, really. I was what I would say is when I, like I said, it, when it did make sense, well, uh, Looking at the team sheet, I was a little bit concerned that if you if you're going to play 
any sort of formation and stuff like that. Um, with, with like three at the back, any variation on that, then the wing back stroke wingers are important. And I did, I was a bit concerned about are we going to get enough from Hume and, and, and Styles who was going to be making his debut on that front. Um, that was a concern. I think that did that did play out, but I don't want to come across like I've got the pair of hindsight for that. Um, because that wasn't the only issue. I think up front, Gaben Hall at the top of the pitch. Um, I mean, at, at times that it was just it was just it, it was just alarming that there was just nobody that I mean. If the terminology is a false nine, what what's beyond the word? What what word goes beyond false for where Joe Bellingham was was playing, particularly in the first half? I don't really know what it looked like. It was more like a four four two at times, with like or a three five two, with like Russian and strikers weren't the world like, close uh, together though. They were playing. They were playing because we were trying to figure it out, and we were looking, and we were saying, actually, I don't think Job's supposed to be. We've seen him play up front before, so. I, you know, he, he the the instruction clearly wasn't to be go up and be a number nine. And again, we've we've seen Sunderland play quite well with with a similar sort of system. But he was so deep at times. And then, like I say, when we were trying to figure out, we think, well, it can't be four four two because um, Rusin and Barton are nowhere near each other. They're mm. they're on opposing flanks. It was a bizarre one for me. That really was I, I couldn't get me yeah, just head around it you know Dodge knows more about me than football coaching and like I say I, I like him and he's done a great job before but I just couldn't believe how it just it was quite it was quite clearly not working quite early on yeah and I think you've got a sometimes it's one of them where you stick or twist and I think maybe if he'd been further into his um ten years in interim he might have made some changes earlier um, but maybe because it was the first one of the new um, spell maybe he thought well I need to stick with it and hope that the players make it work and across the pitch we just didn't in, you know I mean Russin made some decent runs put himself about a bit Held the ball. Um, I mean, first half that was as good as it got for us, really. I thought, um, and that's a low bar, isn't it? I think that's <laughs> kind of like the feeling at the moment. It's like when we get somebody. So held is a good example of this. So you get somebody in, and then it's like, oh well, oh they're ready to play. So that's like always a bit of a shock because it's like it never feels like any of the players we sign are kind of ready. But then it's like he's an, I don't I don't really think he's played particularly well since he's come. I know some people will counter that, but he's been sort of kind of average. And then at the weekend he was very bad. Um, I thought it was okay his first couple of games. I think I think I've done the okay. jinx on him like I've done many, many times on this podcast where somebody's had one game and I've been he's a player actually looking at him and I thought he was I just he looked so comfortable on the ball and position he was really good, I thought, in his first game and then just how comfortable he was when he had it. And then um yeah. Yeah. But you know, 
he's young and, and he's in a new team that's not playing well, been thrown in. So, um, you know, we'll not, we'll not. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to like it. Rue out his potential, gonna... yeah. No, but. Yeah. Again, it's... No, this game in isolation, he's had a shocker, which is what we're talking about, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I didn't think Styles was particularly great, but he did play like four positions or something in the first half. Um, I was expecting a bit more from him as a somebody who is a wing back. Um, and's played wing back and was he was well average. Um, you know, Hamid comes on and looks better than he probably the best he's looked. But I mean, as I say, it's like it. it's like a five out of ten performance if that's the best. Yeah, and then it's like, oh well, he's not completely useless so that means he's good like it's you know I think that's kind of the way we it's it's kind of got where the bars drop in yeah and anything that peaks above that people are desperately clinging on um there's definitely a pun there because we've actually got a player called Bob and we keep saying it um I mean it's go back to your point where you you, you mentioned about Rusen and, and somebody said to me after the match did you think of Rusen? I think he had a good game, and I was like, "Dear." And then, and then when they just said, "Well, was there anybody else better than him?" I thought, "Well, probably not." No, but like that again. That is like, yeah, yeah. That that's where we're at because I mm. didn't particularly think he did. Um, probably a six out of ten. Mm. Were you surprised they were on the uh, wings that they were on? Just turning my camera off because my Wi-Fi is dipping a bit. Um, I I think, but all of Bar's best work for us has been when he's played on the right. Yeah, with his running and and we've been told that Rusin can play from the left, and I was that was I, they did change. They, there was the odd time when they changed, but that was how he started, and I was a bit surprised by that. I didn't think it was effective at all. It just seemed they were searching all the time for something to work. Because whatever the setup was didn't work, um, and you don't help yourself when you know you create your own problems. And we should have really been, you know, I've seen like Patterson come in for some stick, but if it wasn't for him, I think it probably would have been we would have lost that game four or five. Um, he made a couple of decent saves. See, saw people having a go at him for the first goal. It's like it was a brilliant save the, from the header, the first one. Um, not really sure what else he could have done. Uh, it went, you know, for white people, you know, you, you, you there's like two or three unmarked forwards in our box from across. It, it, you know, it's it's a continual issue, regardless of who the manager is. Um, it was yeah. a bit. It's it, yeah, a bit of an interest, interesting one. The. Uh... The change towards Patterson, isn't it? I think um wasn't a fan of the ironic Chi when he when he when he called yeah. ball, like what's all that about? I was I was like, really? It's funny, isn't it, how you you know, people have the theories, well he, he, there's nobody putting pressure on him so he's complacent. Or whatever. I don't think he's complacent. I mean I, I was listening to well, we had. I wasn't listening to so much as it was on. Was um, taught the phone in after the game on Radio Newcastle, and there was a guy rang up and was like saying, "Oh, Patterson, 
like he's not going to get any better than this, like or whatever. And I was thinking, he's like twenty three. Yeah. Goalkeepers are notoriously peak at a young age, yeah. of course. Yeah, like you keep it. He's probably got another five years before he. It's sometimes older for a keeper, isn't it? Yeah, before before he gets uh, hits his peak, probably a bit older. Yeah, maybe thirty one, thirty two. Um, but it's just weird. Um, oh, we kind of at this. If if he's one of the if if he's not good enough, then who else? Who who's better? I mean, mm. and are we? When are you talking about clubs yeah. looking to come and take him? Then just least of all problems, man. Just absolute yeah. least of all problems is the goalkeeper situation. He's absolutely fine. So just get off his back a little bit. Not that not that people were on his back. I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm not being that person. <laughs> Start having to go fans because uh, we can uh, critique as much as anybody in here, of course. But uh, I just thought it was a bit crap, un- unnecessary. Um, yeah, I thought it was harsh. Yeah, similar to when Bar got took off and, and there was a cheer early in the season. But that that's yeah. You know, I think fans generally have a, a right to be a little bit concerned, mainly about what's going on uh, off the field as much as anything at the minute. But we'll we'll get onto that a little bit. Um, I don't know what else he has to say actually on the mum. So we'll get into that in a little bit. I don't know. You know, the reaction pods are people will listen to it. I don't know. I don't want to overanalyze it. I mean, a two-one defeat. Really, we've we've mentioned the the flaws and what we thought were in the, in the system and shape and stuff, and it's just like. I think, do you know what this, the funny thing is? It's like often, you know, there's there's more to talk about when you when you lose, but at the same time, we've lost like so many games this season. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of you just end up kind of repeating yourself because the problems are consistent. It's like. If you go and read reviews of a restaurant and they're all bad and they've all got the same complaint, it's likelihood is then that's the problem. It's like, well, it's the same thing. Every time you talk about us losing games, it's the same sort of stuff. You know, disorganised at the back, lacking an outlet up front, um, the midfield. Not enough experience. Yeah, not enough experience. Midfield being overrun. No, no way, no, nothing to change in that in that area. Um, and the youthful, like confidence and naivety, is isn't bearing fruit as much as it was. And we, yeah. we was, you know, we were. That's all we've been saying all along, you know. Um, and you can go back like a year and listen to what we were saying then about they just need to not take this for granted because, um. If some of the things that are masking the actual ability of the side on the pitch are, are going to come to the front, and people will want to come and watch it, if you're not, if you're not showing signs that you want to improve to where you are, I mean, we don't tend to. It, it, it's just a funny one, and we kind of like the seat, like not the not to be like a to go full. Matthew, like last season, say like the season is dead, but it actually genuinely <laughs> does feel like dead now. It's like we're our third manager of the season, technically. Um, all the problems that existed or all the things we needed weren't resolved um, when they ha- when we had the opportunity to. Um, and 
all the kind of things were feared in terms of the squad um, maybe being put under pressure with results and obviously just generally trying to to be fit enough, play games, have that confidence um, for a young group. And we've seen it before with individual young players where they've had to be taken out because they've just like, you know, Callum Doyle off the top of my head, for example, is a prime example, um, just playing too much. It feels like at the moment we're just in that kind of situation again, but it's it's a widespread thing in the squad that these there's so many of these players in that bracket and there's nothing to kind of prop them up. It's kind of a house built on sand, really. Yeah, it's difficult to, to add order, isn't it? Really, because um, it's just it's just I'm getting bought months and months of saying this of raising the things that we think issues are now starting to come, and, I, and despite what the odd person might think, don't take any satisfaction from that whatsoever. And it's just it's just a bit depressing, if anything. I mean, I think there's a there's a genuine this is an important part of our season because there's a genuine concern now. I know a few people who have said to me that they think they're not going next year. Um, and you've just mentioned there about all the season feeling dead and stuff again. Everybody was saying that in the ground, leaving the ground in the pub after the match. Anyone you spoke to, we, we, that everyone you were speaking about uh, about this with the next day, we were all saying the same thing. It's hard not to think that. So it's a, it's 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 an important one for Dodds now, isn't it? Because they've come out and they made the commitment like. He's got the gig to lay in the season now, which I think, I think, the majority of people, because even the the most optimistic people at the back of the mind, once Bale was removed from position, probably thought playoffs is not going to be, not going to be on for us this year now. So, I think people were quite comfortable with the idea of Dodds taking along at the end of the season. But what, what if Dodds like, what if he loses four games in a row or something? Are they going to, are going to look at this again? Because they will be. Fear of of uh, declining season ticket sales will be will be driving them now. Let's let's be let's be clear about that. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Though in a way, because feel as though we always tend to well, the, the club always do tend to push the envelope with supporters and see how far can we push before we get proper pushback. Um, and that reactive approach means that we're kind of in the situation we are now and worrying about well how much how much can we get away with before people start really getting annoyed there's although there's generally i think a feeling that there's some good things that they're trying to do and generally a lot of people are on board with the idea of you know filling the squad with young players who are exciting and have a lot of talent and potentially we can develop um, we're kind of missing the other elements to that to make to give them the chance to be successful and then you don't get results so that means people get pissed off about losing and then it, when you start losing everything's a problem you know like the state of the stadium you know off the pitch stuff It all it's all like comes out of the woodwork when, when you start not win games. 
So, Cause masks it, doesn't it? Cause yeah. it does. So, you know, the, the sheer volume of games, the drop-off from last season, I think it's kind of pushed the issues into the limelight again and it's kind of, you know... You, you you look at the the decisions that have been made, the most important decisions this season, in in terms of the team, and they've, they've got it wrong, and they haven't been bailed out this time. So, you know, I said at the start of the season, I thought we'd finish thirteenth, and that was basically because I just think the squ- the squad wasn't there. You know, start the season without a striker again. Um, we were weaker. We lost Ahmad. We lost Bartu as our player of the season. Um, you know, Stewart was injured. Um, you know, missing Evans through injury. It just felt a bit, you know, and we we didn't really address the issues again. So I was, I wouldn't say I was pessimistic. I just think I was trying to be. Realistic, because you can you could finish like twelfth on four points fewer than eighth, so it, it's just one of those things in the in the championship. Um, but it kind of feels like we're slipping. The players, it's not like we're being, you know, we've had a go and we've gone to tour with the team and <clears throat> lost. The manner of the defeats is is not great. And then we've got what Norwich, Southampton, Leicester next, and it's not infeasible that you could be looking at, um, well, six defeats on the bounce. Like, and that's not being negative. I just think, well, if you've got to play Norwich, Southampton, and, and Leicester, that's tough, isn't it? And the likelihood is a war happen because, like, it never works out the way you, you never like. We keep saying law of averages. You never go and win the four games in a row. You think you're going to win. And it's probably unlikely that you're going to lose like the five games in a row that like suddenly start to look difficult on paper. I'm just looking at when we've picked up form from last season because at Easter we were like mid table, like tenth, eleventh, um, and then we drew a whole four four. We went on a mad little run after that, and I got us into the playoffs. And I'm just I just picked a game at random Birmingham at home. I'm just thinking like some of the players in that starting eleven: Lyndon Gooch, Danny Bart, Ahmed Diallo, Edward Michu, Alex Pritchard. Every single one of those getting our team now, would they? Yeah. I mean, it's funny with Mishu, isn't it? Because he was okay. He was fine. But of the players probably that have come in from the continent, he's probably been the best one, I would say, mm. of the young players. And again, I'm not saying because he was brilliant. I'm just saying he's probably been the best one based on what we've seen. Um, and we didn't take the option up to sign him. So, yeah, it's a bit of it's a bit of a funny one, really. I mean, Barr's done okay. I mean, the problem with Barr is it's like like so on Saturday when it's like when he's good, he's great, and when he's bad, he's awful. Mm. But and 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 this should be expected. But the issue is that when if you, if you're going to go and sign a young player like that, and he's got his his ability level is about where Barr is at now, then you could. It's perfectly fine to say he's twenty year old or whatever. It's fine that he's inconsistent, but out of the raft of players they've brought in, that level shouldn't be one of the better ones. No. That should like that that you do know what I mean. That should be that you should have a few raw players like that 
who you, you're comfortable to carry and let that happen with. But in reality, there's a whole host of players who are way behind them, absolutely miles behind them. And that's the... Con- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we've said it before, if you're not going to play, if you're not good enough to get in the team, then you're not going to play, you're not going to improve, you're not going to develop, and you're not going to be sold. So It's such a tight... It's that's where the floor is, isn't it? It's like you've got to be good enough to get in the team. But if you're not, you're not going to play. And like you say, if you don't you play, you don't develop, which means you don't become a valuable asset. So then what are you actually? So it, it, you're just a fringe player in a championship team. Um, and you, it's kind of, if you have too many of those, you, you know the squad's going to be in stasis. You look at, take Clark and Ballard out of the team at the weekend... Um, and you can see the massive effect that it has. I'm happy for those people who are excited to see how we do without those two players. I hope they've got the excitement levels well, that they were. I kind of get, but for. I kind of get that. Kind I know. Of, I'm I don't know. Sh- I know. I know. But, uh, it's like kind of going. Well, it'll be good to see if are these players ready to step up and you know do evidence. It's one. It's one game in some respects, but not in others. The the answer's no at the moment. Um, when are they going to become good enough, and how do they get good enough? I don't know. Uh, that's a that's a massive challenge. You know, you look at Rig, and you kind of go, he looks like compared to the others, he looks straight ahead, and he's a kid, and he's obviously homegrown. So he looks ready for a chance now, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. But it's kind of like when he comes on, it's like, well, he's where's he's played at all all sorts of different positions. Um, you know, it's like, well, where, what's his position, and is he going to play there? I mean, I don't understand. Like, I would be, I'd be thinking, could you swap if you want to play that system? Can you swap Job out for Rig? <clears throat> I'd say that would be fair enough. Um, if you want to play him as a ten, I think he could do that. Um, because Job has looked, you know, he was looked good when he came off the bench the other week, and then as you know, he starts again, and he's yeah. and again, and then this goes back to what we said about Bar, about like should that level be one of the higher levels in the side? It shouldn't be, and and Bellingham's the same. It's like almost well, who else is there a player? And I feel really sorry for him because I still think he's got the potential to be a really, really good player, and 
people need to remember he's just turned 18. He's only a few months after his 18th birthday. And it's a difficult one because if he plays every single week, then fans, like it or not, paying customers are eventually going to start judging you on your performances. And, and I wish we just had... I wish we were in a position and we had the luxury of being able to just take him out of this team and think, give him a five-game rest. But we we, do, we yeah. don't, do we? There's no... There's... The issue with... I guess the issue that he has as well is he's got a very specific style of play. Um, and I think once... that Obviously, as the time's gone on, the more you play, the more people like other opposition learns about you. And I think what we've seen is when he gets the ball, he's he hasn't got... He had the time to do the things he wanted to do earlier in the season, whereas now he's just... It's like he... You know, when he's trying to turn away from players, it's like they, they block all those pathways off almost, and it's like he just gets caught on the ball because um, he can't do it as quickly as he needs to probably yet. Um, I think that's, he's kind of being worked out a little bit, which is fine because if you're a young player... That's part of the learning process, isn't it? You you burst onto the scene normally, and then people get to know the kind of player you are, and then people work out ways to stop you. Um, and then once you've gone from that place, it's it's you know, well, can can you overcome that? Um, I think you will because I think he's an incredibly talented player. Um, but it's he, he's always gonna it, you'll always have those little plateaus. Um, because it's yeah. you know it's he's playing men's football and he's at it, seventeen, eighteen. It, years he's old. an all reference player. And I feel really, I feel really bad doing these really all references now after we've established that some people even involved with the podcast wouldn't have any memory of this era that we're talking about. But if you go right back to Mickey Bridges when he first broke on the scene and he was seventeen and he was a sensation, wasn't he? That yeah. first season when we got promoted under Peter Reid, he was like he scored like something like four goals his first five games, seventeen year old. And he looked like a, a a world beater. And then we got to the Premier League, and he got overused because we had this whole issue with having no capable strikers. And he didn't, well, he didn't really. Even, he didn't even play up front, really, did he? he, kind he of did all, he, on the wing sometimes, but even the times, yeah. even the times he did play up front, though, he didn't really. I know he had one. I think we beat Everton away, and he scored a couple. But apart from that, like he didn't really impact it as much. And and yeah, he did come. And, and even the season after that, really, didn't the playoff season didn't feature loads, but then. He absolutely smashed it the year we won the league, didn't he? So that is just a reminder as well that, like, you know, when when young kids can sort of maybe not keep things to the really high level that they set at first, and they will they will come back to it. Um, but again, this is what we're saying: he was taken out the team, wasn't he? And then yeah. he was he was brought back in more gradually, and we we don't have the luxury to do it. Yeah, we don't have the luxury to do it. It's going to be fascinating to see what the how how the approach is in the summer. I mean. I really hope Dodds, I don't want, like, the last thing I want to do again is being accused of negative, or you talk about if Dodds loses the next day. I really hope they're not put in that position. I don't want that to happen. Categorically, I've said I like I like Dodds, the players like him more importantly, so I'm just... Hopefully that it's not one, not one that they do have to make. I think, um, I think the... Again, we've talked about it the other week that the test it's going to be a real test of um, how successful the the setup of the club is this summer. When it, it'll be the first summer where 
we sell probably the best players for reasonable, reasonably large fees. Um, it's going to be a test, I think, in terms of if you if you want to say, well, because now the narrative seems to be so. Last year when we didn't go, it was actually it was it's bad to get promoted, so it's good that we didn't. And then this year it was, oh well, you know, it's only our second year. It's a part of the five-year plan, and these young players are going to be great in two years' time or whatever. Fine. Well, if we're three years in, it'd be really interesting to see. Because what should happen logically to me is if they stick into this, the the plan is the money should be invested in young players who are already established, um, who have who can come into the team and develop again and then be sold on again. Um, if that's what they're going to do. You know, I was talking to my dad about this and he was like, well... Like Clark and Sergeant like, level. He, yeah, and, level. Yeah, well, yeah. He was like, going, well, would you would you take like Steve Cooper or whatever? I was thinking, well, absolutely, yeah, but there's like no... He, he absolutely isn't going to come here, is he? Like, it's quite depressing that though, isn't it? Because I know like, yes, I, I agree. It seemed... Steve Cooper, great manager, and then you're. It's. It's to say, well, he's not going to come here. It's not that because I've got no. I've got the same. I'm. I'm. I'm the same. I'm, what I'm saying, as a Sunderland fan, I don't mean you personally. I mean everybody would probably instinctively think that as well. But like, he's probably not going to get an, a Premier League job now because, as well as he did at Forest, he got sacked from a team who were like fighting relegation. Sunderland, whether you like it or not, whether the owners like it or not has historically be Leeds can probably put up an argument to being the biggest club outside of the Premier League that's where we are and we should be able to invest a little bit on a manager like that it's not like we're going after Mourinho he should be within our reach he should be I think he, in my he, opinion I think he is like in terms of if you went to him and said like would you want this job he'd probably be like yeah I'd be interested but the thing I think when it comes to the how the club works, it kind of feels a little bit like if there's any pushback by anybody, they they kind of fall fall by the wayside very quickly, um, and that's it, it. Kind of feels like we'd probably just end up with some random guy from a European side who's done well and it's like for them it's like well they can come to Sunderland and they can develop their game so it's like almost becomes like a, a learning process for the manager and again if success is a byproduct then great but it's almost like the success isn't the intention it's almost part of a learning experience um, and that's kind of how it, it feels like any you know it's any the the you know, getting in the playoffs, stuff like that. It's it's kind of by accident rather than design. Um, it's like, well, if that happens on the back of, you know, what we're doing, then great. But if not, well, we're doing this, so that wasn't ever really the intention. So I think, you know, with there's a bit more restlessness. I think a bit more scepticism generally. I'd sort of say in the match going fan about how things are being done. Um, if you, if the results continue to drop off, that goodwill will disappear. And then you're left in a situation where 
how do you how do you placate? How do you justify what you're doing? And if you can't, then you know you're in a difficult situation. And then that's when people tend to make decisions outside of their normal. It's like yeah. you know they'd rather than go well. We plan to do this. They'll just go better do it. Like yeah. you could argue, we've going to be forced in a change. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be for- they're going to be forced in. And and this was what we were saying last year. When people call us negative last season because despite us making that late charge to playoffs, because we could see it. Anybody could see. Shoot, most people could see it. That it was like, this is the time now to say right, we're closer. Here. We're closer than we thought at an early stage. When we thought if we just, You've regardless of what somebody go. told me on. Twitter earlier, I didn't mean like signing Bappy and stuff. Um, just invest a little bit and identify it. Then that was a time to do it. But it's so, interesting, isn't it? Because when um, whenever you get and then it's just people... like had they done that, they could have made the change themselves. Yeah, I mean, you get some people on you who do kind of go to that weird. It's like there's no in between in the argument. It's like actually, well, if you want to sign striker, well, what do you expect us to sign Harland? Well, no, that's not. That's a ridiculous thing. Like Keith Moore is available. What has he scored five goals for them well, since he joined? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. But then people are like, oh well, actually, it would be bad because he wouldn't score goals in our team. What? It's just it's we keep saying it. We're like broken record. Like Brighton, who everybody uses as the main example. It's like, well, yeah, look how important Danny Welbeck is to them. Look how important James Miller is to them. So we've said all this. So. You're gonna, you're gonna have to invest. The, the bottom line is, if you want to get promoted or take us up a, a step in the league that we're in, in terms of being competitive in that top four, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to invest something, and that's just a fact. You, it's and it's not like people shouldn't be scared of the fact that. Money has to be invested to in order to achieve some success. And so, about throwing money at anybody and everybody, it's about carefully deciding to spend the the right money and on the right player. And I would say, like, Moo is a prime example of that. You know, if he's available, he would have been absolutely ideal for us. He would have been brilliant. Um, exactly the kind of player we needed and we kind of just danced around it and didn't do it and that's kind of more to say about like oh, I don't think Steve Cooper would come here. it's not because he wouldn't want to it's just what we sell we haven't got the right product to sell to those people and we can't afford to <clears throat> are we unwilling to pay the price so cut those two things together mean it's not it's not a possibility. Um and everything that we've done and really just clarify points and just ev- clarify I'm just saying clarify You're not suggesting that a new head coach will come in and get all of the power to take no. over transfers because that's a new one as well that uh, people have been thrown at us this week saying that we called for that when Alex Neil was a manager, which is just not yeah. true. You need to, uh, categorically think, not true. Did never ever say any such thing. You need somebody who's going to push back. Just, just be listened to when you see when yeah. he's sending forward. Yeah, like that's a that's not that shouldn't be too much to ask. It's not an unreasonable request 
just say, bring me an experienced defensive midfielder in the centre forward, please. And then, you know, I'm happy to go off your targets. That's not unreasonable. Yeah. You know, you, and, you know, when people talk about this high performance culture and all that, it's, that's part of it. It's being challenged and being listened to and taking that information on in order to improve. Um, It's, you know, it's it feels like you know, and and for sort of speaking to say like, oh, we'll plod on until the end of the season. It's like after the window. It's what do you mean? Like, like what kind of language is that to be using when you've you've got fourteen, fifteen games left and thirty, thirty-five thousand season ticket holders who've already paid X amount of money. And people who bought half season tickets, and then you're just telling them actually we're just going to plod on to the end of the season after appointing a new manager, so after removing a manager, appointing a new one, having a transfer window, and then after that's all done, and like five six weeks later, saying you're just going to plod on. It, I don't think that sets the right tone. Um, and people might say, "Oh, well, you can analyze everywhere he says." I'm sorry, but that's not a good. Th- I don't think that's a good thing to say. Um, you kind of given the impression that you've or you've kind of given up. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. from being obsessed, obsessed with progression to plodding along within, in a in a like a three four week window. Yeah, yeah, maybe a bit longer. So. Yeah, it's it, look. It, I think. It, it's kind of the it's but it's a, I think we're at a crossroads now with with this whole situation and you know there's it's one thing to have patience and I think generally people are patient but if you're not winning you're not really playing good football you're only your third coach of the season all the same problems remain. You've re- you're really going to have to prove, um, prove prove yourself in the next six months um, in terms of your your plan and deliver it um, and begin to you know convince people who are maybe a bit skeptical about it um, to get them on board, get keep the people on side, keep people happy because sometimes that. Negativity can, you know, what what can be seen as negativity does can can spread about, and it's if, if you're losing all the time and whatever's supposed to be done isn't working, then it's justified for people to have to be critical and annoyed because ultimately you're paying hundreds of pounds to go and watch football. So, um, so I did enjoy this this kind of the idea that Alex Neil could come back. I mean, that's never going to happen. Um, We've been asked about that actually. I was gonna, I, just, I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I'd be, I'd be for, just for it for a laugh. Really, think it'd be funny to see how yeah. people would have to like actually. Um, I like kind of just shock you. I like Alex Neil in spite of what I said yeah. earlier. It'd be like that kind of thing. It would be quite funny. I just, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just, it, it would. I mean, nah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's never, man- never happened in a million no, years. No, no. Um, every for, for a variety of, of reasons. Yeah. He's 
things haven't changed in uh, close to what how he would like it anyway. If, and in fact, it's gone the other way. If anything, but also just while the fans would still be div- divided on him, it's just not a good starting point for any managers. It went no. half the fans, or maybe even more than half the fans, don't want you there. It's non, it's non-starter. As soon as some, any any anybody who's got a modicum of success, as soon as they leave, in whichever circumstance, generally everyone decides that they were actually crap or we're a waste of time. Even like with Ross Stewart and stuff like, oh, well, he's a crock. No. Okay. Good. And he was absolutely brilliant uh, yeah, for us. I know. And I love, I love how like that is now suggested like it would have been in factored into any decision to sell him whatsoever. Like, oh yeah, he's going to get a really serious injury. Like anybody would have had that foresight. So it's just, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, have we gone just, on enough about? Yeah, just yeah. try and just try and not get too down, trying to get too up. I think we always kind of stay in the middle, and there's the best way to be. Um, you know, because despite what people think, we like even when when the bail stuff started happening, we never ever went with the hashtag bail out or got personal. And even as much as we've critiqued Speakman, we've and and the owner, we've never like asked them to sell up or say that. Sorry, we're not in a position to ask anybody to sell up. You know what I mean? We've never gave our opinion or expressed our opinion that they should sell up or leave or anything. We'll try and steer. And it's the same now. It's not going well as well. Just like the ironic of cheering of the keeper and stuff like we'd rather not say that. Just try and... I almost said keep the faith and I'm very close to getting into cliche territory there. Sullen fan cliche territory. Um, never mind. It is, you know... Let's see how it goes. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, it and because we're just we're, we're so cl- we're so close to it's it's so frustrating when you're so close to something great and you don't do what you need to yeah. do. And we were there obviously in two thousand two thousand and one. Yeah. Um. That's you know. well. That's good management, being able to adapt. And last, like yeah. we say, we've covered earlier earlier in the episode, when identifying last season, actually we are quite close to this, and with this player, and with this player away from it, and not capitalising on it, and not taking that opportunity to me. Yeah. That that every in every walk of life, in every job and career that you're in, you need to be able to identify opportunity. And it wasn't like it was, it wasn't there right in front of everybody what was needed. So, right, well, I want to say Matt will be back, but then maybe he isn't. I don't know. Isn't there something happening on Thursday? I don't know. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, that's right. Let's not see be... what it is, though, because I not? Can't, can't remember exactly what it, the it's, whole it's the, was... Yeah, it's the it's the pub recording. Um, Shall we see it in case it has been confirmed, isn't it, or not? I don't know. These things happen. We're going to do a recording from there. Um, I'll not mention who we, we've got on as a guest or anything, because in case it has been confirmed, this is uh, chaotic as ever. Um, but because Matt sorted all that out, he's not there to correct us straight away. But I think the idea is we're going to be recording from um, these things happen on Thursday um, with with an ex player with us, and then have a bit crack with them. Uh, he did. He did. He said he's confirmed that. We're going to be with Thomas Butler, I think, who used to play for Sunderland, who's still up in these parts, coaching and stuff. So we're going to have a bit crack with him. Um, 
and announce something that will happen a bit further down the line as well. But we're going to do, it's good when we do a live pod from live pod from a pub, isn't it? So um, looking forward to that. Um, and we'll chat about loads of stuff before that um, on during that. So, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>